Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty and the Geast, the podcast where uh, we watch bad movies so you don't have to. As always, I am one of your two fantastic co-hosts, Pat the Geast, along with uh, the beauty. That would be me. I am Scott the Beauty. And uh, this week we had a, a listener request for movies, which we take here. So uh, don't feel uh, don't feel ashamed to reach out to us and say, "Hey, we want you to watch Chud" <laughs> or something like that. Troll two. Yes. <laughs> Go through the entire troll. Is it a trilogy at this point? I hope. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think they they have a camera that's bad enough to film a third one, but. Um, preferably though, if you do send in a request that, uh, they are free to watch somewhere, um, just because we're still waiting on that gigantic check from Tubi TV to, to show up at our doorstep. So, uh, we would prefer if you have requests that, that they are somewhere streaming, for free or a place where we have a subscription to already. And if our uh, our multitudes of fans want to send a request, where can they uh, where can they find us on on social media platforms? Uh, we have a Facebook group that I have invited a few people to. Uh, that is just Beauty and Geast podcast. Uh, we are B and D podcast on Twitter. Uh, I believe it's the same as well. B and D podcast on Instagram. Um, and we do have uh, a Gmail account as well that you can email right now that you can email us at, which I believe is just beauty and degeased podcast at gmail.com yeah so uh don't hesitate to submit uh b horror movies that you want us to watch and review which is uh that that brings us to where we are this week eh but don't flood us all at once <laughs> yeah <laughs> we we'll space it out we, we only do one a week so we 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 can we can take some requests but not uh not every single request that you guys can submit in a single day we'll do our best let's put it that way yeah i mean if if we start getting a ton of requests pouring in i'm willing to record more than one day a week yeah if it comes to that for sure if if that to be money starts rolling in and those those <laughs> requests start rolling in i i got i got six days a week that i can record and like I don't want to say we're cheating at Tubi on Tubi at this point, but uh, like Pluto is looking pretty nice right now. Uh, we watched we watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, and uh, Pluto TV has the entire Friday the Thirteenth series online the for free. The first the first eight of them. Yeah, because there is Jason X where they True. launched him into space. There is Jason versus Freddy. Um, and then they actually did a remake of the original as well, uh, like in 2009 or whatever. But the original eight are on Pluto TV. 
And yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say we're breaking up with Tubi, but like we might be seeing other people for a while. Just Pluto's, to, Pluto's the side piece. Yeah, Pluto's looking pretty good at the moment. <laughs> and <laughs> which, with that in mind, that's 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 where we are. Which which actually we can uh, we can say too how we got to uh, getting to Pluto anyway. Um, just just because. Uh, we had a, a small issue with uh, some equipment, we will say, <laughs> uh, for for this week because um, we got the request to watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Previously, we we got it two weeks ago, but we decided last week that that's what we were going to watch, and. I went ahead and ordered the first eight of them, not looking at Pluto, on DVD. So I got that in time to watch part five for this week's episode. But you had to check for Pluto uh, and see if there was if it was available anywhere. Otherwise, we would have had to uh, probably delay <laughs> or pivot to something Scramble. else real fast. <laughs> Uh, what, why was that? What, what happened? I'm sure we'll get corrected if uh, this is inaccurate, but as I recollect, we were uh, playing Magic the Gathering at our mutual friend Brian's house. He made the request for us to, uh, to watch and review Friday the 13th, part five, uh, brought me out a copy, which on DVD, which I was leaving at the time, I had to be back uh, back home by a certain time. I, I shoved it in my magic bag, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, let's watch it this time." So you you ordered all the videos yourself. I got home, just went to uh, open the DVD and watch it today, and noticed it was Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. <laughs> so I messaged you and I said, "Are we watching Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven? And you're like, "No, we're doing Part Five. And I'm like, "Okay, that's." That's what I remember discussing, but I have a DVD of part seven. <laughs> yeah, and and it wasn't just the uh, DVD for part seven was shoved in the case for part five, which I could totally see that happening. But it is completely the DVD case and disc for part seven when we were supposed to watch part five. And I'm sure people absolutely... Uh, make fun of us for saying that uh, we were supposed to watch part seven, but both of us recall, and we have uh, the proof in Facebook messages about part five uh, be, being the request to be watched uh, for the podcast. So anyway, uh, if if we are wrong, we will apologize next week for being wrong, but I don't think it's going to come to that. And we will work our way to part seven. But yeah, ev everything in my memory says we were going to watch part five until I pulled that DVD out of my bag today <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> Just like high school. Don't do anything till the last minute. Yes. I mean, granted, I watched last night, so it's not like I'm much better. But yeah, so anyway... Uh, with that, I guess let's just hop right into it because uh, it is 
Friday the 13th, part five, the new beginning. And, and right away. Okay. I wish we had, uh, maybe gone in order because the, it, it opens with Corey Feldman. So already more star power than probably all the other low budget horror movies we we've watched combined. Oh, come on. <laughs> Let's not discount Jerry O'Donnell. <laughs> Corey Feldman, man, big time. He's having a flashback, which I, I assume happened at the end of part four, but it's, it's been so long since I've watched them. I can't confirm. It 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 is the end of part four. Um, I have actually never seen part four, but I do know the 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 plot line of of this one. Yes, it is the end of part four. Um, they kind of mention it too at the beginning, but yes, uh, you see somebody wandering through the woods in a yellow yellow raincoat. Uh, it's raining of co- outside, of course, hence the raincoat. Comes up to uh, a cemetery, and he sees two people digging up a grave, which is crudely um, filled in, you know, buried, <laughs> whatever. Um, they are digging up. They they hit the coffin. They remove the lid. Inside, you see Jason Voorhees, who, if you don't know the Friday the 13th series, where have you been and uh, (laughs) what are you doing with your life? But he is the main uh, killer of the Friday the 13th series. And uh, these kids go in, you know, and it's kind of, you can see that obviously there's something going on because there's worms crawling in the eye holes of the mask. And it's kind of a, yeah, he's buried in the mask. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of, classic, kind of a gross little like, situation. And uh, they go in, they're, they're kind of giggling about it, and they, they reach in to uh, grab the mask, and Jason's arm shoots up, stabs one of them with his machete, and then uh, kills the other one with some sort of smaller edged weapon. Just, it looks like an ice pick to me. But I'm yeah, a forensics uh, scientist. Anyway, kills both those kids. I guess young adults, whatever you want to call them, teenagers. Climbs out of the uh, the casket, climbs out of the grave, and stands there, looking imposing, staring directly at Corey Feldman. And then the flashback ends. Yeah, he he wakes up. It's one of those. It's like all a dream. Uh, Corey Feldman's character, I guess, is actually named Tommy. So it's a, it's now adult Tommy having essentially nightmares of uh, of Jason Voorhees, who's haunted him for all these years. Yep, he's in the back of a van heading to a mental facility out in uh, some random country place. I don't think they ever really give a location as far as not that where, I noticed of even like where any of this all takes place but I mean they of course you know the the whole thing is Camp Crystal Lake but they never really give a, an exact location of where Crystal Lake is but that's going back to the beginning of the series we're talking about part five here where 
Tommy goes to, uh, again, he goes to this like mental health rehabilitation facility where uh, he is basically trying to cope with his uh, visions of Jason Voorhees um, because Ian, um, he's having, I guess you would call it, I, it would definitely be considered PTSD uh, for, for with Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yep, for sure. It's like a, I, I wrote it down, where is it? Pinehurst Youth center it's it's kind of like a campground for troubled teens i think yeah. like on, like on those episodes of maury povich where with out of control teens and <laughs> like the parents just give them away to a the, drill sergeant who works at a campground the boot camp <laughs> yeah that's basically what it is which is weird because they, yeah they they bring him there in the back of a uh it essentially looks like a police van because he's he's gated off from escaping <laughs> but then they just let him they they just then they just let him out at the campground and apparently they don't check him for contraband because he brings his his trusty pocket knife with <laughs> <laughs> so weird lack of security in the in the pinehurst youth center <laughs> well I, I mean obviously you, you and we'll we'll come upon more of that later on but yes uh, Tommy is not one to really speak very much. Um, he is, he, <laughs> he's a he's bit a of an introvert. Of, he's a man of few words. Yeah. He's a bit of an introvert, a mopey, sad introvert. Yeah. yeah they drop him off. He goes to his room. He whips out his po trusty pocket knife. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, Reggie, Reggie, the reckless, I think is his name. Just jumps out of the or uh, scares Tommy with like a uh, rub giant rubber spider on a string. Yep, first first jump scare of the movie. Which I mean, these these slasher movies are fairly well known for their main jump scares. Yes, and, and Tommy uh, does not appreciate jump scares. No, which in turn he puts on this alien mask. He kind of cowers from Reggie and turns his back to him and then turns around and again you get another little jump scare because he's got this disgusting like insect alien looking mask on kind of thing and scares Reggie back and and Reggie's like oh this is you know that's cool who made that time's like I did <laughs> and, and like, like people who make masks uh you know They've got some issues, am I right? <laughs> you could you could quantify those issues, yeah. <laughs> if only there was some way for them to be happy. I mean, at least they're asking. At, le at least they're getting their creative out outlooks done in some way. But again, like this guy is being sent to a uh, uh, a campground for troubled youths, and what does he pack? Horror masks and a knife. So his his rehab should go well. <laughs> anyway, that that like that scene is interrupted by I believe the uh, the the cops show up. Right? They 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 pull up full sirens blaring, making you think it's an emergency. But what happens? They they just happen to they find some of the uh, the teens from the from the troubled youth center. They've been screwing. 
in the neighbor's property on the woods. <laughs> the neighbors aren't big fans of having like a troubled youth campground in town because all they do is trespass and uh, and cause trouble. And and one of the neighbors, Ethel, who's like your standard, just like crotchety old uh, redneck gal. She shows up on a moped with her son. Junior. Yeah, yeah, Junior. Basically threatens threatens the campers. Like, hey, if I if I catch the, if I catch these kids on my property, I'ma shoot them. I'ma blow their heads off. Yeah, she is uh I mean you you could definitely tell that this was in the 80s because there was a lot of language that they would probably not use yep. in films today. <laughs> <laughs> and she's She's playing up the like just uh, stereotypical like like hillbilly mom with her uh, probably a little bit challenged inbred son, <laughs> but but <laughs> little bit is an understatement. Yeah, but all like all or pretty much all the the teens at this campground, or at least most of them, fit into stereotypes, right? Like you've got. Uh, You've got Joey. He's kind of the 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 fat guy, just like eating candy bars nonstop. You've got like Agro Vic, who's just a typical bully, right? He's he's wearing like the chain necklace. You got Violet. She's a goth. You've got uh, like Eddie and uh, his girlfriend Tina. I think they're the horny ones who just can't stop fucking <laughs> in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> yeah, in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> Vic, Vic was yeah. Vic was your typical meathead. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got he he gets he seems like he might have a little roid rage going on, but which, yeah, that's which comes into play immediately. Yes, yes, it does, uh, because yes, after uh, Ethel and Junior come up and start threatening, and the funny part is, is Junior only repeats the only lines Junior has in the entire movie is repeating what Ethel says, and. They give their big speech, and she basically says, "Yeah, she's gonna. She wants to get rid of all the fucking nut jobs off of her property, or away from the next property over." And they take off on the moped again, and she decides she's gonna give them all the finger as they're riding away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're classic. Like they're dirty. Uh, Junior is just like, you know, I, I like your stew, ma," and just shouts whatever she says. Yeah, they're classic uh, redneck stereotypes, as is everybody else. And then they they cut to uh, Joey, who Joey's a bigger fella, uh, chomping on chocolate bars. He's got chocolate dripping down his face. He he clearly wants to make friends. You know, he goes, he tries to help. uh, I think it's Robin and Violet. Violet. Yeah, Robin and Violet are like hanging laundry out to dry. Joey's too talkative. He wants to go help. He's like, "Okay, let me uh, let me help you hang do this laundry." Grabs the big white sheet out of the basket, except he's covered in melted chocolate. He doesn't even he doesn't even take the candy bar out of his hand. He just no. grabs it, and it's just slopped all over. Yeah, and so they get they get mad and yell at Joey, and he decides he's going to go talk to Vic, who's over. Um, I don't know what Vic was doing because <laughs> rage chopping logs. He's, he's <laughs> chopping wood, 
But that's not how you would chop wood. No. Uh, he's got a, he's got a big he's got a big log like that he's almost trying to to cut down into smaller pieces. But he's you wouldn't use an axe like that to cut to chop that wood to split that law into two the way he's trying to do it. Right, he's coming at it from the side like the it's already been chainsawed into chunks and he's further hitting it from the side when yeah, you want to uh, uh put it on a flat end, come on down on top of it and you know quarter it or whatever you do. But you don't use the double head, you know, like he's using the wrong he's using the complete wrong tool for the job he's trying to do. He's got a he's got like a like a five foot log that's up on the stand or whatever and he's cutting it basically into two pieces like he's splitting it but he wouldn't you wouldn't be using an axe for for splitting you know for for that um yeah it's just there's no real uh point to what he's trying to do other than to maybe get a little bit of a workout and try to work out some of his roid rage. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to go there. I think he's rage shopping. He's, again, he's a troubled youth. (laughs) He's clearly angry, as we will find out shortly. Yeah, and he's just taking it out on this log. Now, fortunately, And and again, which is another uh, trope that we will go back to again for this, he's a troubled youth who looks like he's about 30. Yeah, for sure. And Joey, who decides he's going to go talk to Vic and see if he can help chop wood, uh, is also looks like he's about 30. Definitely Which is, not yeah, a yeah. troubled youth. Um, or I shouldn't say definitely not a youth, much less a troubled youth, whatever. Anyway, Joey goes over and starts having a conversation with Vic about uh, wanting to help chop wood and asks if he wants a candy bar because he just wants to want, do want a chocolate bar. And he puts the chocolate bar right where Vic is chopping and then turns to walk away because Vic tells him to go away. And he says something to Vic that apparently sets Vic off and Vic just basically takes the axe to him. <laughs> Hacks him to death. And yeah, and you, I mean, you, you see, you see Vic take the first swing with the axe and then it cuts to the police are back at the Pinehurst Troubled Youth Center and Vic is in the back seat and uh, Joey's laid on the ground covered in a sheet. The paramedics show up and say, hey, um, you know, we're here to pick up the body and the one guy uncovers the uncovers Joey, which then you see all of the times apparently that Vic uh, sunk the axe (laughs) into his back and his arm is just like laying on top of him. Yeah, yeah. At least uh, half a dozen blows to the back and then uh, chopped his arm off. (laughs) There there was like 15 or 20 on on there. I mean, there, there was a lot. It definitely looked like there was some right rage going there. But my favorite uh, touch of detail is he's still holding the candy bar in his arm that has been chopped off by the axe. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that little touch of detail. And I also wondered, too, like if that was the white sheet that he had uh, 
gotten chocolate all over like minutes earlier. <laughs> I couldn't tell because I only saw the blood, but I thought it would be fitting if that was the sheet he just ruined. Like only let, it, let him ruin one sheet, not two. Yeah, I did not notice uh, if it was the chocolate-covered sheet or not. It really didn't make a difference at that point. Um, I do have a question at this point. Like, one of the things I like to take note of is when the first, first death occurs in a movie. Would you say it was Joey or the uh, two grave robbers at the beginning, which ended up being a dream sequence? <laughs> I mean, I considered it the two guys in the dream. Well, it, it it was it wasn't a dream. It was a flashback, not a dream sequence. So, I I would I considered it those guys, even though they apparently have died twice now. But I I did not consider it Joe. I did not consider Joey's death the first one. I considered it the third one. Sure, all, and I I all, think I'm with you. Although, when I was watching it, it. First, it hit me that, like, you know, I was just like, wow, that, you know, didn't take long. That's not how I expected the first death to happen. Then I was like, wait, the other two guys are already dead in this. So <laughs> this is the third death. So I was kind of along the same lines that you were with this. Yeah, yeah. V visually, I just like someone to die quickly. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's all I'm really looking for when I mean, it comes when it boils down to it. We're, we're watching horror movies, so the worst thing you can have is a horror movie where nobody dies. Yeah. So, yeah, even if it's a flashback or a dream or anything like that. Yeah, as long as people are uh, getting gutted by a machete or an ice pick, you know, I, I guess I don't care about the context. Fish hook, battle axe. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what, whatever you got, you know, getting getting blown up by a car um, you know, anything like that is perfectly fine with me. I'm, I'm perfectly happy as long as, you know. Okay. So then we're in agreement. Like, Joey getting hacked up, we'll call it the third death. Yes. <laughs> Which is weird because they, they, the, the camp of troubled juveniles is just allowed to, like, sit around and look at Joey's, Joey's hacked up body. There's... They're just like hanging out on the porch, like, oh, like, oh, it's so awful. Like, get the get the troubled youths away. This isn't gonna help their recovery. <laughs> no, you disagree. They should be able to to look I, at their friends. Well, I mean, well, I don't even know if he's their friend. They didn't seem to like him. <laughs> I think I think they liked him well enough, but I don't know that any of them would be considered friends. With with this stuff, but I, I do I do think that uh, the definite response of the police, which I mean, obviously, we've seen how well they respond to everything uh, these days. Anyway, uh, it is probably a little bit lacking. Not oh yeah, be, not not to get not to get too political or anything like that, but it definitely seems like uh, they could have done a better job to. Uh, to avoid just a just having yeah random people standing around looking at a dead body yeah and they uh i don't know the, the the camp for troubled teens gets off lightly like you'd think there'd be an investigation or a a fine or they'd shut it down but it's like no like cops are just like all right we'll take this dead kid away see ya <laughs> you sure you don't want him back 
right. And then they, like, that's the end of the scene. Then they cut to like later that night, right? Yeah. They're set. Yeah, they're setting the table for, for their evening meal. And uh, yeah, apparently Violet sets too many places, and she gets yelled at for that because she. I mean, obviously she forgot what happened to us at you know that afternoon. <laughs> Again, where's the compassion? They're like giving her shit. Like Violet, you put too many, you set too many places at the table, and she's like, "No, I didn't." And like, "Oh yeah, remember Vic chopped Joey to death, and they went to prison." And she's like, "Oh yeah, we need I, two less plates. I There's don't gonna be think, leftovers. Don't think Vic and Joey are gonna be joining us because Vic killed Joey. Remember, <laughs> right, dude, you dumbass, <laughs> like." Remember the murder today? <laughs> Remember seeing the guy's arm get chopped off today? Yeah, he's not going to need any casserole. <sighs> oh, God. Poor poor Joey and Vic. And Violet. Like, I felt bad for Violet in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just... I would add a little more understanding, like... I'm a creature of habit. I would have just set eight plates too, or whatever, however many they needed. Yeah, but they are. They, it is the camp for troubled teens. But I mean, you would have think though too that they, you know, she remembered that Tommy showed up the same afternoon that that Joey was killed and Vic was hauled off by the cops. But so she remembered to set a place for Tommy, but then still set places for for Vic and Joey. So. I mean, I guess I can kind of see where they're coming from about how she needs to remember how many people there are. But at the same time, there was a better way to handle it. You don't need to be a douche about it. Right, right. And then uh, oh, shortly after that, oh, yeah, they, Tommy, they they give uh, Violet a hard time for being stupid, for forgetting the, for getting the number wrong. Then Tommy shows up. They uh, A couple of the camp, I guess administrators counselors i don't even know their title but like pam and matt kind of run this camp and matt says tommy he says hey go get uh, go get eddie make sure he comes down to eat and then eddie spooks tommy with uh, apparently one of tommy's own masks yep and just and, just another and, jump scare in the movie because he's about to turn about to about to pop out the door to go find Eddie, and Eddie jumps into the door and scare, scares Tommy a little bit. And Tommy goes ape shit on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> just picks him up, like, WWE wrestling style, body slams him into, like, a nearby uh, end table or something, and then jumps on him and starts punching him on the face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was probably the most uh, realistic fight scene we've seen in any of these movies. Yeah, because that's how like uh, uh, UFC ends every every match. One guy's on the ground with the other one just pummeling him in the face. Like that's I mean, how fights just, end. Just like how quickly he just like picked him up and slammed him through the table and then jumped on top of him. I mean, it was probably the mo- like I said the most realistic fight scene. It was definitely more realistic than Raw Force. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And again, yeah, they they break up the fight between Tommy, which honestly, like at that point, like Matt grabbed Tommy, throws him up against the wall and puts like his elbow into his throat, like his forearm on his throat to get him to stop. Which, I mean, that's not really 
not really <laughs> smart when you just saw how quickly he took down Eddie. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, I guess this movie came out in the 80s. So, like, uh, regulation and accountability were probably a little lax. But, like, they just let, I guess they just let troubled teens murder and beat the shit out of each other. And that's just what happens at these campgrounds. Because nobody bats an eye. <laughs> They're like, hey, maybe we should uh, take a look at our safety policy here. Maybe, like, nah. maybe we should maybe we should separate these two guys for a while. Nope, just sit down and eat. Yeah, yeah. Hey, stop pummeling Eddie's face and uh, come eat. <laughs> Dinner's getting cold, Tommy. Stop pummeling Eddie's face and pummel this cheeseburger instead. Yeah, pound down this burger, man. Delicious. Anyway, is that? Uh, I, and then I think they do they cut to later that night at that point when the uh, the two. The two fellas who look like they were uh, extras in Greece, their car breaks down. Yes. Yeah. The 50s greasers. Yeah. yeah. Cla- I, again, I classic stereotypes. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were even doing in this movie. Like, no idea. Their whole purpose was to die. <laughs> right. But, I mean, why did they need to be, like, slick back hair, leather jacket wearing, muscle car driving... Oh yeah, yeah, white T-shirt, yeah, yeah, everything, leather, leather jacket, yeah. They were they were extras out of Greece for sure, and their car breaks down just in the. Of course, their car breaks down. Yeah, the middle of some country road at night, which is uh, pretty pretty standard for these movies. What is not so common is one of them is just like, hey, I forget their names. But one of them's like, hey, you fix the car. I'm going to go take a shit in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think one of them was Eddie. I, I, I don't know why, but I, I believe one of them was, again, named Eddie because he, that, that's what it seemed like. And not, not the Eddie that was at the troubled teen, you know, troubled teen. But I think it was actually... I mean that's a that's a common uh, greaser name from from movies of that era. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't I don't remember which one it is, but anyway, yeah, the guy's like, hey, yeah, you fix the car, I gotta go take a crap, and just like walks off into the forest, and of course, as he's walking through the forest, he hears branches snapping behind him and all this other crap. As he's going to take a crap. And of course, he hears something right next to him and he quick whips the flashlight over and it's a rabbit. <laughs> so at this point, you cut back to the guy fixing the car and uh, he's trying to get the car going. And all of a sudden, he hears the pop of a road flare. And he turns around to see somebody's holding a road flare, and he can't can't see who it is, and kind of says, you know, hey, it's not funny. It's not funny. Let's get this fixed. And decides he's going to try to step closer to see who it is, and he starts to try and talk, and whoever it is uh, shoves a road flare in his mouth. Which you could actually see it lit up inside his mouth. You could see his cheeks glowing and everything. And so that is the end of Greaser number one. 
crappy greaser comes back to the car, sees greaser number one uh, leaning in, inside the hood. <laughs> And it's like, hey, come on, let's go. Let's get this car running. Let's go. I got done taking a crap. We got to go. And uh, gets in, tries to start the car, and finally gets it started. And as soon as he gets it started, he's like, hey, get in here. And then uh, you see a hand reach around, grab him from the back seat, and slit his throat. So there's the end of Greaser number, Crappy Greaser, or Greaser number two, as I would call him. <laughs> Which is... It's pretty nice variety in deaths so far. Like, we've got uh, stabbed by machete, ice-picked in the neck, uh, axed to death <laughs> by Vic. We've got uh, forcibly deep-throating a road flare. And then we've got uh, neck slit by ma- machete. So that's a, that's a good variety of deaths with a, with a guy who uh, uh, traditionally prefers the machete. <laughs> It's nice to see him mixing it up a little bit. <laughs> Definitely is nice to see him mixing it up a little bit. Um, I believe we cut back to uh, back to the troubled camp, and uh, Tommy is, I guess, getting ready for. He was getting ready to go to sleep or whatever, he, or he just woke up. One of the two. And he looks down and he looks back up and sees Jason Voorhees in uh, in the mirror. And he kind of freaks out and closes his eyes and looks again and then there's nobody there. And that's, that's kind of a, uh, a common theme of this movie is uh, uh, he, he seems to be flashbacking a lot. He, he's got some uh, some trauma, some PTSD of of surviving Friday the 13th part 4 and you never yeah you never quite know what he's seeing is real well it mostly seems fake but they play it off as you don't know what's going on for sure and there's a point where too i uh at least in my notes they have the scene where uh, i think it's Lena and Billy another two more characters just there to die <laughs> Like Billy, Billy, Billy pulls up to a like local diner in his muscle car. He's picking up Lena for a date. Lena's got a she's got to close up the local diner first. Diner first, which apparently involves going to the back room, whipping her tits out. <laughs> it's showtime, boys. Yeah, right. Like that's that's how she closes the diner. Which I'm not going to argue with her methods. She's the expert here. I approve. She's she's the one who's getting paid to close the diner. If she wants, yeah. if she needs to look in the mirror and whip him out and say it's showtime, I I I got no complaints either. In fact, I think she deserves a raise probably or a promotion for her methods. Two thumbs up for me. <laughs> Billy <laughs> Billy stays in the car. He's just rocking out to like probably '80s '80s rock, doing some cocaine, giving Lena time to uh, close up, freshen up. Um, she does she, again. She hears something too. Assume maybe assumes maybe it's Billy. It turns out to be the cat. It's another jump scare. Yep, another Similar jump scare. To, uh, they do a lot of cat jump scares in alien era. They do one in Alien. They do it a lot of times in horror movies. Meanwhile, Billy's just doing cocaine out in the in this car, 
suddenly gets an axe to the head. Yeah, he's he gets out of the car to yell into the diner for Lana to hurry up. And as he as he's standing outside, one foot outside the door, one foot inside the door, he just yeah gets an axe to the back of the head, and that's the end of Billy. Yep, Co- and it's- cocaine goes flying everywhere. <laughs> And it's not long after that. Lena's ready to go. She comes out, uh, gets in the passenger side of the car, kind of is not too concerned that Billy's not there. She notices the cocaine that has like dropped to the floor, the floorboards of the vehicle. She reaches over to get it because uh, they're going to go have a good time that night. As she's leaned over digging like under the steering wheel for the Coke, kind of looks outside the open driver's side door sees some boots and a bloody axe, which is concerning. <laughs> she uh, she suddenly spooked, gets up, tries to flee. She uh, exits the passenger side, doesn't get far before she takes a chop to the guts with a, uh, a double-sided axe. Definitely looked like uh, the scene from The Shining. Yes, for sure. And, the, and again, those are just... Which I'm not complaining about, but those are just two more characters uh, not involved in the plot whatsoever, have not been introduced prior to this point whatsoever. They appear, get murdered, and that's it. (laughs) We need ten more minutes for this movie. What you got? Let's just put a scene where a guy's going to try to pick up his girlfriend from work and they both die. Done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Will she show her boobs? Yeah. Put it in. (laughs) Put it in the scene. She she better. <laughs> if if she knows what's good for her, she'll do it. Yes. Oh man. Some of this stuff. They know it's the uh, I wrote them down the other day. The uh, the three B's of B horror movies: boobs, bodies, <laughs> blood. <laughs> yep. Keep yep. them rolling. Ah, <sighs> what do I have next in my notes here? I don't know how we get there. My next scene in the notes is uh, Eddie, Eddie and Tina go to get laid in the woods. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that is the next thing that I know of. Um, yeah, of course, the, the horny teenagers have to go back to Ethel and Junior's property because they want to get away from everybody to go get it on because that's just what horny teenagers that are troubled do. Again. <laughs> <laughs> not that I, not that I uh, feel like this uh, camp for troubled teens is uh, exceptional in any way, but they've got they let people have knives, they let people have axes, they let people fight at the uh, dinner table, and I guess they're not. I mean, they're they're a little con- they're mostly concerned with them trespassing on other property while they're fucking in the forest. They're like, if you guys are gonna fuck, do it at the camp. <laughs> like stay off of Ethel's property, but uh, they're gonna go hump regardless and smoke some weed. Yeah, they had a they had a tiny little bit of weed uh, that they brought out into the woods with, and that is true. They're gonna get high and fuck in a horror movie, which is not good for their for long time survival. That's yeah, that's some pretty bad choices for that. And as they're they're getting it on, and again we've got uh, we've got boobs exposed. They bring a blanket out to the forest. They both strip down, get it on. I think the girlfriend's name is Tina. She yep. whips him out. 
Yep. There is a there is a a homeless drifter, which we forgot to mention his 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 entrance to the film. He's spying on them from the the forest. Well, this this, this is the first time I think we've actually seen him, though too. Or, well, yeah, he's in two scenes. He is introduced earlier, like he at some point he goes to Ethel's house and says, "Hey, I'll work for food," and she's like, "Hey, go." Go clean yeah. the chicken shit. Go clean up the chicken, yeah, chicken shit, and dump it behind some place or whatever. Yeah, he's only he's introduced in that scene and then quickly dies in this scene. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I was thinking that was actually. I think I was thinking backwards that this was the first scene that he was in, and then he died. But yes, uh, so yeah, he somehow yes, this homeless drifter guy. He's watching them fuck from the forest. Yeah. Which, obviously, they were trying to almost make it seem like um, he was the killer. Yeah, I believe that was the intent. Because uh, even though we forgot to mention his introduction to the movie, it's, it's quite a few scenes back. So, yeah, I think they're trying to set up like, oh, maybe this uh, uh, grizzled homeless drifter is the actual killer. It says he hasn't eaten for a couple of days and, yeah, is willing to work for food. Just shows up randomly at Ethel, of all places, um, at Ethel's house, of all places, as uh, Junior's eating his stew and bragging about how dumb he is. Because <laughs> Ethel's telling he's talking about how dumb he is. But it turns out he is, uh, he's not the killer because as he's watching two troubled teens fuck in the forest, he, uh, is it an axe? I forget that how he, how this one dies. Is it an axe, just an axe to the gut again? Um, it, it was something to the gut. I don't remember whether it was an axe or whether it, it was the machete. It might have been the machete. I believe you're right. I think he got stabbed in the guts. Dead. Instantly. Doesn't even make a sound because the two teens don't stop getting it on. Nope. And shortly after that, Eddie decides that he needs to go uh, wash up. So he goes to a dirty-ass <laughs> stream where they just dumped all the chicken shit to wash yeah. up. That's uh, my favorite. Leaving Tina just lying naked on a blanket in the forest. <laughs> yep. I mean... She might have been following one of the Instagram trends and tanning her taint at that point, but you know, uh, she's just yeah, she's just laying out there naked in the forest all by herself, almost dozing off. She's a little too comfortable naked in the forest because she she kind of that half and half dozes off. She doesn't notice somebody approach her no. and stab her in the eyes with hedge clippers. <laughs> yes, yes, she she wakes up. Two uh, hedge clippers in front of her face being shoved into her eye sockets. And she lets it, she does let out a good scream, which uh, Eddie does not hear at all. I, I mean, that stream's pretty far away. I mean, and, and when you're washing up with chicken shit water, you can't really hear anything. So, anyway, yeah, Eddie has put his pants back on at this point. He's still shirtless. He's finishing washing up in the stream, decides to walk back to the blanket. And uh, notices that uh, Tina is passed out, but he's also, you know, coming up on 
the backside, so she's not facing his direction. So it looks like she's laying on her side, sleeping. And he's like, oh, hey, sleepyhead, let's uh, go see what you're doing. He's like, oh, you're permanently sleeping because your eyes have been punched out by garden shears. Yeah, he he rolls her over, freaks out uh, in his uh, kind of uh, fear or shock. He stumbles backwards into a tree, which at that point, I think it's a belt. I don't even know if it's a, like it looks like a leather belt. So le- yeah, leather strap or belt or something like that gets wrapped around his face, around his eye sockets as well, and, and the uh, tree, and, yeah, and a tree, and then gets twisted enough so it tightens down enough to where his skull just shatters. Which again, I like. I mentioned it already. Uh, a good variety. It's not just machete hacking. We've well, we had one additional machete stabbing. We had garden shears to the eye sockets. <laughs> and then we had like a nice physics, les- physics lesson about uh, applied force. <laughs> if you take a belt and start twisting the back end around the uh, tree trunk, it will get tighter and tighter until you crush Eddie's skull. It's like putting rubber bands on a watermelon. Eventually yeah. it's going to pop. Yeah. So well done. Good variety of murders so far. After that, I believe they cut back to uh, to Juvie Camp. Camp Pinehurst, I think, is the actual name, but I like Juvie Camp. Uh, the, the counselors or the owners, I don't even know who they are. They're probably not credentialed because they don't run a good camp. But Pam and Matt, they're worried that uh, Eddie and uh, his girlfriend have not returned yet. But, like, they're planning a trip to town. They're going to go let... Reggie, Reggie's the youngest kid. He looks like he's, I don't know, 10 or 12. They're going to let Reggie go hang with his, go see his brother in town. So uh, (laughs) Pam takes Reggie to town. Uh, They decide to invite Tommy just because Tommy uh, needs to come out of his shell a little bit. So yeah, Pam, Reggie, Tommy, they go into town and uh, Matt is going to stay behind, kind of look for, look for Eddie and Tina. So they follow they follow Pam and uh, and Tommy and Reggie into town. Reggie's brother, whose name is Demon, is <laughs> apparently a musician. So maybe that's a stage name. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a stage name. And I, but... I guess he's living the musician life because he lives in a van at like a trailer park with his with his girlfriend eating gas station tacos and pizza and enchiladas. Yeah, they're very good hosts. They do they do offer like enchiladas and tacos to uh to Pam and Reggie. They just and, and he offers a beer to Reggie. <laughs> yeah. They just happen to be like gas station tacos. So they're they're all hanging out in this in Reggie's older brother Demon's van. When uh, like Tommy kind of wanders off. Tommy wanders off, happens to bump into uh, Ethel's probably inbred son junior junior's kind of like starts fucking with tommy a little bit right like giving him shit making fun of him and again tommy snaps just starts beating his ass and he's got moves here like like legit karate moves in this scene (laughs) yeah yeah this had the most realistic fighting like i said of of any of the movies that we've watched so far and he beats the shit out of junior like, who do you think would win in a fight? Like, uh, Tommy from this movie or Bruce Lee? 
Uh, I would say Tommy would, would yeah, yeah. win a fight with this. Yeah, Pre- and, I think and, we're pretty even for sure. And I, and I see what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy definitely. With the moves he showed in this film, unstoppable. So she, he beats the shit out of Junior. I mean, which you, is, would, you would think that Tommy was played by Chuck Norris in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen moves like it in any film ever. I'll put it that way. Not from Wesley Snipes, not from Bruce Lee, not from Jackie Chan. Not, yeah, not Jackie Chan. Steven Seagal, not even Jet, close. Jet Li, Sylvester Stallone. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Charles Bronson. Don the Dragon Wilson. This this guy, Tommy, should have started a uh, action film career at this point forward. <laughs> it, it would have been... Uh, John Shepard. <laughs> See, I'm played, surprised. He played Tommy. I'm surprised we didn't hear more from John Shepard going forward. Because he he beat the shit out of this guy. And it looked good. It was a, it was a good beating. So good that Pam, Pam is like, we got to go. <laughs> Tommy's having one of his violent beatdown spells again. We better go back to camp. So she takes Reggie and Tommy back in the pickup truck. They go back to camp. Meanwhile, uh, camera sticks with Demon and Demon Anita's girlfriend. Yeah, Anita. That's what it was. Anita. Good, good memory. Demon's got to take a shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not on the IMDb page looking at this while we're doing okay, this. Good. Well done. <laughs> Demon's eating so many uh, gas station tacos. He's got to go take a shit, which is like a uh, those bad, like uh, corrugated roof, tin roof, shit outhouses. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tin roof. Yeah, porta potty. Yeah, yeah. That has lots of nasty graffiti inside of it. Yeah, but. That he's also he's also leaving his own nasty graffiti and and uh, demon is definitely letting out a demon of a shit in this scene. Oh yeah, probably those uh, like roller dog taquitos that they sell at <laughs> Quick Trip or whatever whatever your local gas station is. He's had too many. Oh, uh, he's, he's given yeah he's given birth to a demon. He's paying for it. And uh, while he's paying for it, Anita thinks it'll be fun to like walk up and start kind of shaking the outhouse. Which spooks him a little bit at first. <laughs> right. what, wouldn't that spook you too? Oh yeah. <laughs> as much as <laughs> somebody just tips it over and yeah, you're you're covered in poo. And then for whatever reason they you know, they laugh it off and then they start singing. <laughs> They'll do a duet, one inside the outhouse, one out. Yeah. Which I guess is true love. And and it's it, well, I mean, if it was true love, she would have gone in the outhouse with him. <laughs> Is that a nice blumpkin or something? Witness the demon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They start singing back and forth to each other. Uh eventually she stops singing though. And yeah. he can't he can't quite figure out why she stopped singing. And then the outhouse starts shaking again. And demon is like, this isn't funny, bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> Do, doesn't even doesn't even wipe. Just gets up, pulls his pants up, opens up the door, and sees a dead body. 
Yeah, dead body laying on the ground. So he shuts the door again, locks himself inside immediately. And then I'm not even sure what this is, but like metal spikes start inserting through the outhouse. It's it's like a gigantic pry bar. Um, we we've I've seen them used before, um, but yeah, they they can they can be sharp. It would take a pretty good amount of force to to uh, be able to smash them through some tor- corrugated tin roofing like that, though. Uh, so this is probably the least realistic um, death scene of of this movie because it would. Like I said, it would take a lot of force. Those are not light bars. Um, <laughs> and, and and to be able to smash one through the corrugated tin roofing and siding that there is on this. But yes, uh, he is kind of standing on top of the porta potty, takes the, the pry bar to the knee, and then uh, climbs back up on top and is basically sitting back on his throne and takes one through the gut. Dead, one uh, one metal rod through the guts, and demon has been exercised. And again, these are at least, it, it, and that's that's how much little writing you have to do to at least make the characters somewhat relevant. Like, oh hey, let's go visit Reggie's older brother, Demon, and his chick. <laughs> we got we got forty five minutes of story, forty five minutes of death. Yeah. But whatever, I you know, I like it's again, a, it's pr- it's pretty good variety, film. pretty it's, good variety. Yeah, it's a slasher film. It's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, impaled uh, through the guts in an outhouse, which I think is nice. And then they, uh, after that, they cut back to uh, Ethel's house. I believe Ethel's uh, redneck son Junior. He's he's real upset. He got his ass beat by uh, Bruce Lee earlier. Or Tommy, he's pissed off. He got his ass beat by Tommy earlier. He's racing his dirt bike like around the property, just in anger, shouting like, "Ah, oh, you know, Mama, we gotta kill that asshole." You know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds uh, sounds almost like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. Yeah, yeah, he kind of does. He's he's furious that Tommy beat his ass, so he's just whipping around yelling. Um, I, I guess doing donuts around the entire house property line when uh, an arm with a cleaver swings out from behind a tree, decapitates Junior, thanks to the momentum of his dirt bike. <laughs> yep, yep, and Ethel's in the house making uh, the weirdest stew I've ever seen. because Possum stew, probably. Uh, yeah, ro- roadkill stew. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, like, she's chopping vegetables, but she's not chopping any vegetables. She's just, like, taking them, putting them on the, the cutting board, and then throwing them in the stew. She's throwing everything in, like, in its full capacity, I guess. <laughs> not even not even capacity, I guess, in its, in its native form. Like, she's not chopping a stalk of celery. She's just, like, throwing the entire stalk of celery oh, yeah. into the stew. Betty Crocker, she is not. She's uh, it's the nastiest, I'm sure, roadkill possum stew you've ever eaten. And she's but, uh, she's yelling for Junior to come in and eat. Yep, I believe at one point, I don't remember if it's this scene or or the initial scene where you meet uh, the homeless guy where he's eating at the table. 
But where she calls him a big dildo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that was earlier. That was the initial one. She calls her own son a big dildo. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, she's yelling at him to stop riding his bike to come in the house. And well, he keeps riding the bike, gets decapitated. She's finally happy that he's not riding his bike around the house because it's loud and she's making supper for him. And she hears something outside the door, like looks out the window right where she's preparing the meal. And through the window comes a cleaver and buries itself in her forehead. And she goes face first into her own stew and like (laughs) squishes a tomato in her hand that she was going to pretend to chop up and then throw in the stew. Yeah, not dice and throw in there. She got uh, partially diced herself. And then they, uh, I believe, cut back to to juvie camp. Um, Pam, like Pam, Tommy, Reggie get back to uh, to camp that night. Uh, Tommy had run off when he was fighting Junior, so he was not with them. It was just Pam and Reggie. Well, that's right. Correct. You are correct. Yeah, Pam and Reggie get back. Uh, Pam notices right away, like, uh, the adults are gone. Matt is missing. They got an Uh, old caretaker guy. He's missing. Yeah, which that caretaker guy, he was in there earlier, too. And he was was the creepiest of the bunch. He was kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just the way he spoke was was super creepy. Yeah. They've got two... They've got two guys we've barely mentioned. It's uh, Robin is the gal and Jake... Stuttering Jake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're sitting there watching TV. They're watching a horror movie, and Jake's trying to to make his move. Like Robin is uh, really into the movie, and Jake's just like, "Hey, I uh, I really like you. I, I like you. I want to. Uh... I, I, I like you a lot. Yeah. It's basically what it is. And then he's like, "I want to m- 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 make love with you." <laughs> and she she's got the oh just the worst reaction possible for poor Jake. She just starts laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> like, like laughs in Jake's face. And Jake's like, "Oh, I, I like I didn't I, I didn't mean it. I, I was just joking." But he ends up run, running away crying. <laughs> Which is not going to help him get laid. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jake, but uh, usually running away crying is not the best way to recover from an an embarrassing situation. No, no, it's really not. He runs upstairs. He briefly, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he just wants to talk to Violet or he's just so horny he'll take whatever he can get at that point. (laughs) But he, he briefly goes into Violet's room you're not sure if he wants to talk or something, but Violence just like, what, you know, what do you want? And he's like, oh, nothing. So he just leaves. And then immediately he also gets cleavered in the face. <laughs> Dead. Hacked in the face in the upstairs hallway. But again, as is so common in these movies, like nobody notices. Nobody notices Jake get uh, cleavered to death in the nope. upstairs hallway. Nope. No body hit the floor. No screams. I mean, Violet would at least have an excuse because she had her headphones on because she was dancing. But, yeah, there's no reason that Robin would not have heard uh, the body hit the floor. She was really into her movie. She Yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, I guess if it 
hit the floor at the exact time because all of a sudden the thunderstorm popped up though too that's true that's, you know it's not typical of horror movies to have, to take place in things like thunderstorms at all <laughs> and she yeah she's she's so invested in her movie she apparently doesn't notice uh jake getting murdered because she watches the entire thing then shuts it off uh goes up to her room to go to bed which uh Oh, to take her top off. <laughs> she takes her yeah. top off completely. She manages to take her top off and and climb into the top bunk. And she covers up everything up to the nipples. <laughs> she just Which, she just does not she she got the blanket. She doesn't cover, you know, she doesn't cover herself completely with the blanket. She just like, no, no, we'll just go, we'll just go to to the bottom of the boobs there. Which I fully support her decision. You know, if she... A good night's sleep is important. So if uh, she gets a good night's sleep by exposing her breasts... If if that's if that's what helps her sleep at night, go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, go for it, Robin. <laughs> but but does she, she, she briefly, I think, feels bad a little bit. She, like, mutters to herself, like damn it robin like you're kind of an asshole i think she feels bad for like laughing at jake's advances as she's tucking herself in she kind of rolls over in bed <laughs> finds jake's dead body next to her yep and as she starts to freak out up through the bottom of the bunk goes the machete we got one dead robin yep yeah which uh, I wonder who she slept with because like Violet had her own room. Maybe it was Tina. I guess it could have been Tina. It was. It might have been Tina. Maybe that's why they had to sneak off to the forest to get to to get laid because Tina was sharing a bunk bed with Robin. <laughs> or or maybe it was Pam. You never know. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't Violet because they they cut to Violet. She's in uh, she's in she's got her own bedroom. She's doing a really bad robot dance to some uh, pretty bad like eighties techno music, I guess. Which is funny because I tried to check out her posters on the wall. She's got like posters of attractive dudes, and she's got a record of the Alan Parsons Project on her wall. <laughs> While somehow also being a huge fan of uh, 80s techno and do dressing like a goth. <laughs> so she's into a lot of different stuff, I guess, which is good for her. If she likes 80s techno robot dance music and Alan Parsons Project, whatever. Good enough for me. Yeah, and she's... Uh... <sighs> I felt bad. I, I wish I would have gotten to get to know Violet a little better what motivated her what were her hopes and dreams i will never find out because she's just doing her shitty robot dance and uh she too gets stabbed <laughs> she too is dead <laughs> yeah like she didn't even she didn't fight back she didn't even notice right she's just dancing like turns around stabbed We should have kept a body body count at this point because there we're we got to be closing in on ten, right? Ten dead people. Oh uh, well, I mean we can count them up now because I mean we have Junior, Ethel, 
Eddie, Tina, random homeless guy, Joey, the two guys at the beginning of the movie, if we're going to count them, Jake, Robin, Violet. So I'm the two, the two uh, extras from Greece. That's 13. And and Bobby and Lana. So we're at 15. That's 15. (laughs) That's really good. That explains it, because, like, well, I'll, I'll hit it at the end. But, yeah, we're at 15 right there. We're at 15. So, uh, <laughs> at that point, Reggie, Reggie, who's the youngest one, he looks like I said, he's 10 or 12. He's a young boy. He wakes up. Yep, he, he, like, was, he was told by Pam when she was leaving to go try and find Tommy that he needed to be asleep by the time she got back. So he was already sleeping on the couch. Uh, I don't know if he was, they don't really show whether he was sleeping when the whole thing between Jake and Robin went down or not, but I'm assuming he was because otherwise this is a pretty damn big house. Yeah, it's implied. I think he fell asleep watching the movie, which uh, let let Jake try to get laid, which uh, backfired. But yeah, he, he wakes up now, movie's done. He decides to just kind of go uh, looking for, I guess, anybody in the house. Wanders into one of the rooms. He finds the uh, the dead bodies of, well, everybody. The last he, 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 fi- he finds, yeah, Jake, Robin, and Violet. Which yeah, the last they've three been moved from Rob. Robin and Jake have been moved from Robin's bed into Violet's room. It seems like because it seems like, or no, it was it. It was Tommy's bed that, that right. they were stacked on. Yeah, yeah, he goes looking for Tommy. Yeah, so he goes into Tommy's room like, hey, Tommy, are you back yet? Yeah, and finds three dead bodies. So you're like, okay, for sure now, Tommy is, uh, he's assumed the mantle of Jason Voorhees, and he's just out here stabbing everybody. <laughs> and at about the, t- he, Reggie freaks out. At about the same time, Pam shows up. Reggie's just can't even put into words. He's just like, hey, Tommy's room. Tommy's room and she goes and looks in there's a bolt of lightning to illuminate the room and she screams after seeing the dead bodies and she's like she's gonna take Reggie and they're gonna get the hell out of there right and at that moment uh, uh you don't know is it Tommy the, the Jason mask wearing Tommy smashes in the door and he tries to kill uh Pam and Reggie they flee into the stormy night. Of course. While they, fleeing. Yeah, they run past the... I think I think this is where they run past the bodies of Matt and the old man. Yeah, yeah. Matt, there, his, he looks like a, he's like railroad spiked his head into a tree trunk. <laughs> the old man is just dead on the ground. I, I can't remember how he died. Do you? I don't know that... Yeah, I don't know that they had anything... Uh, I don't I don't recall if there was any specific way that he died. Yeah. But yeah. Now it becomes the typical horror chase scene of Pam and Reggie running and uh, the J- Jason Voorhees killer coming after them. And uh, they yeah. get split up. She does the old trips quite a few, quite a few times in the mud. She's just like slipping and sliding through the mud. Can't find Reggie. 
Jason's coming at her with the machete. She's on the ground, about to get chopped to death. When Reggie comes plowing out the side of the barn with a uh, like a bulldozer or like Tra- a bucket yeah. truck, he's got he's got a tractor. <laughs> yeah, with a tractor, plows right into Jason, who's got some slow reaction time. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's Jason. He's always got slow reaction yeah, time. He's never been super agile. So yeah, he gets he gets plowed into by like the uh, the fr- the front giant bucket of like a tractor. He's down for the count, right? Of course. Of He's course. He's probably dead. Uh, they go to uh, Pam and Reggie go to investigate the body. And of course, Jason grabs her ain't grabs Reggie. Yeah, yeah, not dead. He's never dead the first time. They apparently haven't seen the uh, the first four movies. So they're on the run again. They go uh, they go run and hide in the barn with Jason uh, kind of relentlessly pursuing them. He goes inside to look at them. They are they are hidden. The audience doesn't know where they are. Jason doesn't know where they are. But uh, he kind of hears something in like a closet, goes to investigate. And Pam comes out of the closet like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. <laughs> with her, her her gas chainsaw fired up and she's she's taking it to him man yep but of course she runs out of gas yep it's it, she does she gets a good cut on him and then it runs out of gas sputters chainsaw dies she uh she throws it at him and takes off running and at this point tommy appears at the uh like the open barn door of the barn. Yep. And so, so that then eliminates you're like Tommy from being the killer. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, who, who is it? It's not Tommy. They've kind of been leading you into thinking it's Tommy. He's had some aggro issues the whole movie. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's had some he's had some anger issues, but he gets there and he sees Jason, and he freezes. And Jason just walks right over to him and hacks him with the machete. <laughs> and yes, you you know at, at that point you think you know hey well Tommy's uh, Tommy's dead because he just goes down and like a heap you know like a like a sack of potatoes and Pam and Reggie are upstairs in the in the hayloft of the barn and they're. They're hiding, and they, you know, Jason goes up the ladder into the hayloft and is walking along, trying to see, you know, where, what's going on. And he gets to one point, he sees Reggie, and Reggie knows he's been seen, so he just kind of stands up, and Jason starts, he can't, he can't just climb in there because he's behind some boards and stuff. And so Jason just starts hacking the boards with his machete, trying to get through. And at this point, Pam just like runs into him and tries to throw, you know, tries to push him, body tackle him out the out the door because there's spikes on the ground below. <laughs> it's a conveniently parked spike wagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so there, you know, she hits him and he seems that he's gone out the door and they're kind of like, oh, well, you know, thinking it's over. They're kind of gathering right there. 
again, Jason is hanging on to the door frame, reaches up, grabs Reggie, starts trying to pull him, and Reggie's trying to pull away. Pam's trying to pull Reggie away. They can't get away from Jason. He keeps kind of losing his grip and then grabbing a hold of him again. At this point, Tommy comes back to after being hacked with the machete and sees that they've got Reggie and that they he needs to do something. So he grabs, gets up, grabs the machete, hacks Jason's arm off, and Jason falls down and gets impaled on the spikes. Which I feel like Jason should have uh, known better than to assume Tommy was dead. Like that's like Tommy's just stealing his move, right? He's like, like they're never dead the first time. Well, I guess playing, Jason's used to them being dead the first time. Playing, playing <laughs> possum. Yeah, like Jason does. But yeah, at this point, you know, Jason falls back, hits, impales, gets impaled on the spikes. Mask goes flying off. Apparently, he was wearing some sort of uh, hood on there, so the hood comes open. And you see that it's not Jason Voorhees. It is the paramedic from the opening scene of of the movie who was really kind of grossed out by Joey's death. Yeah, the very beginning when Vic uh, axed Joey to death, this paramedic. And he they they did have like a close up of his shocked face when he showed up on the scene. But you find out uh, the very next scene, which they cut to the hospital, you know, the survivors are recovering. It's not actually Jason Voorhees. The guy's name is Roy. It's Roy the EMT. (laughs) And after a a little investigation, they found out that uh, Joey, the fat kid with the chocolate candy bars, was actually uh, Roy's son. Yep, because they knew that Joey was an orphan. Uh, his mom died in childbirth and his dad disappeared. So nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew that he was the father of Joey when he went to that murder scene. Yeah, and he just, uh, I, I guess, seeing his son hatcheted to death just snapped. Set him off. Yep, yep, set him off. He thought he'd get revenge on the camp. Uh, they mentioned he he collected a bunch of Jason Voorhees news clippings, thought he could like use that uh, local story as kind of a cover to get away with all this murder. <laughs> yep, so that, yeah, that's the cops there. But then you cut to a sequence of uh, Pam walking into Tommy's room to try and check on him. And uh, he just stabs her. With the machete. Stabs her with machete. And then, of course, Tommy wakes up from that nightmare because he's not that way. And he uh, is there and he rips out his IV and sees Jason standing at the foot of his bed. Rips out his IV, uh, grabs what looks to be clothes um and there's the jason mask in in the drawer with his clothes and stuff and pam comes in to check on him and you see him sneak up behind her with the knife and then that's it end credits (laughs) and it's uh 
and I know how we're going to hear about how bad of recollection we had for this movie. <laughs> I feel like we nailed it. <laughs> I feel we did. A, I, f- I feel we're like 85%. We missed it. I'm sure we missed a couple of scenes, but uh, I mean, we, I, we haven't done a total body count for anything else we watched, but I feel like, well, we left off at 15. And, well, and that was before we had Matt and uh, the old, the old dude and Roy. So, Looks like the total body count for this would be 18. Yeah, which has to be, if not the record, and in in, amongst the highest we've seen. It seems like 18 is really high. 18 is really high. Uh, I mean, you figure for an hour and a half movie, that's like one every five. That's like a that's like one every five minutes. Which is is good for me. I I almost said it earlier. Like I don't think I was. It's not the best movie we've watched so far. It's not terrible. But, like, I enjoyed the pacing of the deaths. (laughs) The deaths were so evenly spread out that it's like, all right, here we go. It's another one. And I know I kind of made fun of, like, they just inserted these characters to get killed for no reason. But, you know, it's I guess I'd rather have that than a a lull in the deaths. I I mean yeah I agree like I said we're watching horror movies so that, that you need you need those you know the, you need those three B's like you said boobs bodies and blood man that makes a good horror movie yeah uh, usual questions what's do you have a favorite uh, character and or favorite scene um, I I would say probably my favorite character was Demon <laughs> Demon Just, is good. Just because he was so ridiculous, and uh, my favorite, my favorite scene. Oh boy, I can jump in. My my favorite scene was uh, was Joey's death. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like him walking around at the candy bar. I like he was just stereotypical uh, guy with chocolate on his face. He's kind of annoying. He's a bumbler, and then. <laughs> And he pisses Vic off so badly that Vic chops him up so bad he cuts his arm off, yet not bad enough that uh, that Joey drops the candy bar. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess my my favorite death was pro- would probably have been uh, Eddie's. Just like seeing that belt get twisted tighter and tighter and tighter, and then his skull just popping. Yeah, until his head burst. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. There were a lot of good deaths. So here's here's the here's the next question for you though, too. When did you know that it was Roy? Um they were they they hinted at it a little bit at like at the very beginning. The very they did hint at it the scene where he looks at Joey's body. And I thought, oh, it could have been him. And he had a couple other scenes creepier. Where he was creepy, and then they had, uh, they also handed at the homeless drifter, and they were kind of leading you towards Tommy. So most of the movie, I thought it could have been any of those three. I, I knew right away because yeah, again, like you said, with Roy, when they showed him, like when he saw Tom, you know Joey's body, like he could just got this expression on his face, and like right then I was like, that's the killer. <laughs> Because I well I I was I was told beforehand too that it was that that 
it was Jason only appears in flashbacks, only appears in memories. So I knew going right away that it wasn't Jason. But as soon as I saw okay. like him with his expression change on that, and it was pretty subtle with that too. But I knew right then I was like, that's the killer right there. <laughs> he was in my list. I it was it was Roy, or I thought it might be the Drifter or Tommy. But yeah, it, 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 they seem to indicate most of the film it wasn't a real, the actual Jason Voorhees. What'd you yeah. think of the mask since uh, since our number one fan who requested this film loves the Friday the Thirteenth uh, masks? What'd you think of the uh, had like the double gray chevrons below the nose? Yeah, I, I mean, that also helps with making, you know, showing that it's not actually the Jason Voorhees of the previous movies. And, I mean, even even though uh, at the beginning of part five, when they have the... Um, when they have the grave robbers that are digging up Jason's body, who is in this... I don't understand why the grave was marked the way it was, whatever. That's probably something that gets covered in in one of the other movies as well. But even that, though, had, like, the blue... Um, the, the blue markings on it. Mm-hmm. So, like, having the, the... You know, having the Jason with the, with the blue markings on it, that really didn't... Uh, didn't bother me as much because I mean, typically with most of the other movies, they've been red. So, like, it, it, I guess it, it didn't didn't bother me. It didn't really do anything either way. I like that they mix it up a little bit. You know, they have a unique designs. I think that's kind of cool. Like, uh, <laughs> everybody's a bit of an egomaniac, right? So even though Roy wants to murder a bunch of people. And blame it on Jason Voorhees. He's like, well, I'm gonna, I want my own my, style. Yep, got to do it my <laughs> way. Right, right. He's like, how am I gonna sell some merchandise if I don't have a unique mask design? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, all right. I think I don't know any any final thoughts. I would say this was a pretty good recommendation, but. Uh, after discussing it, we have decided to continue with the series. We are going to start with the first one. And uh, we will give our our loyalty right now to Pluto. Or <laughs> the DVD copy that I have. <laughs> It'll probably be Pluto because it's much easier to actually do that. So I don't have to get up and change the DVD and... Uh, the sound quality, I'm sure, is already better. Because uh, I made the mistake of turning on something else after I watched this yesterday. And the sound difference between the DVD and uh, the streaming service that I turned on after was uh, ridiculous. Like, it was super, I had to turn it up super loud to be able to hear anything on the <laughs> DVD copies. So, sure. Uh, I will probably pledge my loyalty to Pluto as well, and Tubi can go back to being the side piece. Um, yeah, let's but, knock them out, man. Let's uh, let's do at least one through eight, or I think are all on Pluto. So yeah, one through eight are all on Pluto. So we're going to be doing those for the next. I guess I guess we got seven more to go. So we'll be doing the next seven. Um, I think 
really though only four and five really have any sort of ties to each other so even though they all kind of revolve around the same character they don't necessarily need to be watched in order so i don't think it's gonna really matter that we started with five other than we'll see uh you know we'll kind of know what happened in four yeah We'll know at least how four ended with the uh, Corey Feldman. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So uh, those of you who like to watch along with us, uh, go ahead, log into Pluto, create your account if you don't have one, and uh, start with Friday the 13th Part 1 for next week. Yeah. Pluto is also actually a great service because they have a dedicated Mystery Science Theater 3000 and dedicated Rift Tracks channels. Yeah, on there. And yep. it is free. Yeah, and Tubi, I'm not saying we're uh, breaking up with you, but I mean, you got to put a little effort into this relationship because so far it's been completely on our side. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's not it's not 50/50 right now. It's like 100/0. Yeah, we got other options, Tubi. Let's just put it that way. Um, outside of that, how uh, any any news in in your life, man? Not really. Um, no, I've just been kind of uh, getting some models prepped and ready for stuff. Maybe getting some painting done. I got I did a bunch of priming last week uh, of some models to get ready for painting. I've started painting a few of them, but no, beyond that. Not really anything. I, I guess I did do. Uh, I did buy the Commander Legends uh, Legends of Baldur's Gate uh, pre-release kit for that uh, this past weekend and got garbage. So um, that's probably uh, other than buying single cards, it'll probably be the last I buy of it. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I keep wanting to buy packs and. I never do. I feel like I always get burned, but that's probably just because I rarely buy packs. Well, no. The majority of the time when you buy packs, you get burned. Well, that's the thing. Like Usually I, I want one or two co- specific cards for a specific deck, and they're rarely even the best cards, or at least the most valuable cards. So then it's like, oh, all right, I can pay ten dollars to get the cards i'll actually use shipped to my house and then i don't even need to buy packs really right exactly and 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 that unless you just enjoy you know unless you just have the uh enjoyment and addiction of ripping packs is the smart way to do it yeah so um i don't know i guess I know that uh, there's been talk of doing another a spin-off uh, show of the Beauty and Geese production company here, but uh, we haven't really gone too far into that yet. <laughs> it was my fault over this past weekend. I just it's weird how busy I am being an unemployed comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it it really wasn't. I mean, it wasn't it was nobody's fault. Everybody kind of had their own stuff going on and and trying to figure out something on 
Tuesday for either Friday or Saturday uh, is not necessarily the way a good way to plan things. And then, you know, everybody's got stuff going on. If we would have planned this a couple of weeks in advance, we probably would have been fine. Yeah. But right. it, it was kind of sprung on everybody last minute, but that still is a possibility. Um, I guess I could probably put more effort into it too, but I kind of took, a, I, I was going to take a back seat on this one, but uh, we, uh, yeah, we can uh, definitely figure something out. I mean, like I said, there's, there's plenty of content that is still coming out for, the game this year so there there's other stuff we can do and again we can always just sit around and bullshit about it too so, yeah for sure but i would like to have a, some sort of structure before we just sit down and start shooting the shit um <laughs> just because otherwise it just gets to be an unorganized mess oh yeah so, uh, that's what I got. Uh, how how did I guess because you had your comedy the comedy dating game was this past weekend. <laughs> it was this past weekend. Uh, I laughed because I was not really involved. The whole goal of the uh, the comedy dating show was to get the single male comics up on stage and have some laughs at their expense and and maybe find them a date. Well, I got, I'll just say it, I got drugged beforehand. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I got drugged. And it was a legal drug. I went with one of the comedians. We were just cruising around the area. He's like, hey, I want to stop at this, like, CBD shop. So we went to the CBD shop. He came out. He said, hey, I got a, uh, it was a caramel edible square. Like, the little square caramels that you buy, people use for baking stuff or whatever sure hey hey you want one Uh, and my thought process was okay this is legal in minnesota where we live it it must it can't be that potent whatsoever so i'm just like okay thanks man i took it i took it at 3 p.m on friday by 4 p.m on friday i said i have to go to bed i went and laid down and i laid there for 20 hours straight (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know the details because I don't I don't take a ton of stuff like this, but it was like a Delta 9 caramel square, which, like, if the house was burning, I could not have gotten myself out. I was just, I struggled to move any muscles whatsoever. And luckily, I was not really in this show. I was just coming to support local comedians because if I was in this show, I would have been completely worthless. But, uh... I I just they they left me in bed because I couldn't move and the, <laughs> <laughs> the reports I got it was a pretty fun show it was a uh, you know a little wild a little disorganized which is kind of the standard for the some of these shows but uh, I heard they had a good time I didn't see any of it <laughs> hey you know that's the biggest thing is they had they had a good time right right I've heard people had fun. So, so it was good. Yeah, uh, and hey, don't I guess and don't underestimate Delta Nine. Again, <laughs> I'm not really super involved 
in uh, or knowledgeable in these products, but I, I assumed it wouldn't knock me out because it was legal in Minnesota, and I was as wrong as you can be wrong. <laughs> yeah, and and Minnesota is basically the wimpiest of of states for stuff like that. So to to have that happen, yeah, that that's quite that's something. Yeah, and I've 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 had a few like edibles before. Um and so like like I don't even know. I don't even know if Delta 9 is milligrams, but wh- whatever this caramel thing was was at least uh, 3 or 4 times stronger than any el- edible I've had before. So I have to I guess uh <laughs> reevaluate what I'm willing to take because <laughs> Yeah, that was potent stuff. <laughs> I can imagine if it puts you down for a day, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, besides that, I don't know. It's it's been the usual grind. The uh weekly open mic nights. We've got some uh got some shows coming up. In July, I think I've got one at Big Al's in Wisconsin that I've never even heard of, but uh, one of the comedians invited me to perform on that. That's coming up uh, June 18th, so things are things are kind of rolling. The hardest part is getting opportunities, and we're creating our own. Okay, so basically a week, you said June 18th, so a week from Saturday? Correct. Oh, nice. And that's in what part of Wisconsin is it in? I'd have to look it up. I know the venue is called Big Al's. I don't even know the state or the city it's in. Okay. While you look that up, I guess I can fill a little bit of time here, too. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's good that you're getting some shows going and getting your name out there. You'll be headlining the knuckleheads film festival and pretty soon anyway so. <laughs> i don't know that there even is a knuckleheads film festival i'm just saying that i wouldn't be surprised i would not be surprised either because i know knuckleheads used to be the comedy club that was at the mall of america before it became uh, rick bronson's house of comedy so right but that's right we're gonna be uh famous anyway when we write the sequel to hideous and and all of these other uh horror movies that we have watched anyway so we'll be good to go soon enough oh i can't even find the city i'm uh pretty terrible promoting myself so you would think i would know uh the city i'm performing in is it is it a bar is it a comedy club it is not a comedy club it's a it's a it might be a brewery it's definitely a bar big l's something and i i swear it was on like near hudson wisconsin but it's not pulling up whatever we don't have to find it on while while we podcast i i see one in lacrosse wisconsin uh beaverton oregon Uh, let's see here, because yeah, I saw, I saw a few like Wisconsin Rapids, Lacrosse, on Alaska. Um, well, maybe it's Lacrosse. 
Because that's way down south. Uh, yeah, because I, I saw that one too, and I swear it was not that far south. But but that's, yeah, that's all I see. Uh, there's Big Al's used tires in Eau Claire. <laughs> <laughs> but if if it's not the one in lacrosse, then it's uh, uh, <laughs> someplace that doesn't have a website. <laughs> but Big Al's is a pizza and burger joint. If it's the one in lacrosse. Oh. Well, it says, yeah, great pizza, great live music, awesome atmosphere and staff. So it probably is that place. It probably is. It's a Big Al's. It's in Wisconsin. It's, uh, oh, I should write this stuff down, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. We're good. Yeah. Not like, you know, we get a ton of cross-promotion anyway. Oh, well. Once, once we get that Pluto TV money, then then we can start really promoting stuff. <laughs> right, right. I was thinking, okay, I should push my upcoming events. But then I'm like, oh, wait, I don't know where they are. Just the date. So we can... Uh, I can get more organized before next episode and uh, we can move on during this episode. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think we're about wrapping up here anyway. So yeah, I got to get ready for uh open mic. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, well, almost six o'clock. So we will, uh, we will catch you guys next week with our, I guess, breakdown of, Friday the 13th, the original movie from, I believe it's 19, it's either 79 or 80. I believe it's 1980, though. So, again, this is Scott the Beauty signing off for the Beauty and the Geast podcast, where we watch bad movies so you don't have to. Bye, folks. <laughs>